Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, episode 123, BGG Origins Hotness Review. We'd like to thank our Patreon backer, Barbara Z, for bringing us this great episode. You're listening to a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, dedicated to bringing podcasters together for the greater good of gaming. It's sort of like Voltron, but with better lip syncing. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And Anthony, it has been achieved. We went to Origins 2017, and we are actually back, unlike last week's episode, where we were just kind of faking it a little bit, but we actually did make it back. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Don't don't give away the secrets here. Breaking the fourth wall? It's just podcast (laughs) magic. They didn't know. Right? Sorry, guys. We we weren't transparent at all? Uh, Maybe Um, maybe just a little. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe a little. Yeah, we are back. Uh, We survived. I... You know, Origins is supposed to be the low-key conference, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, I brought my family this year, which is awesome because they all get to see where I go. And as Chris was keen in pointing out, uh, they know that I'm telling the truth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. And clearly, you know, any rational person would think that we make all of this up. But It's true. You know. Like, I'm going to a giant building with only board games in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> For, uh-huh. like, five days. For five days, yeah. <laughs> and what will you do during those five days? Board games. Or play board games. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Does that not make... And, and where would this magical convention actually happen? Ohio. <laughs> Ohio. Well, that's, when you say that part, they're like, well, that must be true. Why would you go to Ohio? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, Columbus, Ohio was the hit place to be just this last week for uh, Origins 2017. And I, I think it's fair to say that we had a very, a very good time and a very big turnout for Origins. I, I think much bigger than last year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we just got the numbers actually today. Um, and apparently total ticket sales were up 10%, our past sales. And then Turnstile was up 12%. So... Just a big bump from last year overall. And after last year, which I think they saw maybe even a tiny decline or stayed a little bit steady, big, big boom this year. And you could tell it was it was not only crowded, which it's hard to gauge the size of a crowd. But on Sunday, nobody had any games left. So (laughs) it was that the exhibitor hall was barren. I think there was some problems because I think on Thursday, some, you know, exhibitors didn't have any games left. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's a whole nother thing. But sure. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely the, the usual shipping problem. Some people didn't get their stuff in. Um, some got it in mid-show. Some never got it at all. Bonacore. Uh So, <laughs> we, um, you know, there was some disappointment around. But all in all, it was a very good show. And, and there were a lot of uh, big games there and some surprises, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Sure. A lot of exhibitors were saying that they did not expect the number of people to be attending and that you know everybody was there to purchase games was pretty surprising so everybody that i talked to was very happy with the show very happy that people were coming around demoing games trying games out picking up multiple copies of games somewhat to the chagrin of other people Mm. yeah (laughs) yeah but in general it was a very good time it was a very good crowd the convention center was not under construction at least not major construction what like it was last year there was some 
new vendors there. True Dungeon was there. And it seems to be a lot more activity and a lot more vendors and a lot more special events than it was last year. So overall, an excellent event. And if you didn't get a chance as of yet, please jump over to our Facebook account because we've been posting pictures from Origins since Origins. So you can, you know, catch the sites and see what we were seeing there. Yeah, yeah, definitely do that. And um, we're going to be reviewing a bunch of the games that came out at Origins. We'll be talking about some of them today. Uh, some of these we do have lined up. We'll be writing reviews or recording videos or talking about them on future podcasts. So, But the best place to find all of those things is on Facebook where they were all posted when they go up or on BoardGamersAnonymous.com. But since you probably spend more time on Facebook than on BoardGamersAnonymous.com, although you shouldn't, I'm just saying, um, <laughs> Facebook's a place to be. So definitely check that out. Yeah, and... I think obviously we should talk about this too, Anthony, right? We hit a little bit of an achievement this week. Yeah, yeah. So I guess something about the con, it makes it's magical. People get excited about games in ways that they, they don't on a normal basis. And we're all pretty excited about games. But yeah, we had a big boom in Facebook activity. We, we broke a thousand likes this last week. So everybody out there who uh, likes us, follows us on Facebook and Twitter, of course, uh, thank you for joining us. We've seen kind of an explosion in the conversations too on, on some of these threads. Um, we're going to have to start picking some of the best answers for our question of the day winners, because there are now a, a few too many answers for some of these questions. I can't read all of them on every episode. So, which is a good problem to have, but it also means you got to get more creative with your answers. If you want to be on the episode, just saying, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, we love having you all part of the BGA team and it's been a great time having you there and having all those conversations. And if you haven't already, don't forget a whole bunch of different media outlets other than just generally Facebook. Obviously, there's Twitter. There's our website, BoardGamersAnonymous.com. We have our guild on Board Game Geek. We have our iTunes account. We have our Stitcher account. We have our YouTube account. So if you want to listen to episodes there or catch our latest reviews, YouTube is a great place to go. And obviously, we have our Patreon account. A lot of great ways to keep in contact with us and contribute to our joint podcast because you are the other person sitting at the table with us, and we'd love to have you along. So, Anthony, speaking about that, uh, what's our question of the week? All right. So this week, um, I asked a question in honor of the winner of the Kinderspiel this year. This this year's winner of the Kinderspiel is Ice Cool, which is is pretty cool. It was a I'm not going to say it's surprising because we knew it was nominated and the three games that were nominated were all pretty good. But uh, this is one that we kind of discovered last year at Gen Con. They had a copy set up in the press room we were playing with. We both took home copies. My son thoroughly thrashed me at it <laughs> repeatedly. I, I did not know I could be this bad sure. <laughs> at, a, at a Penguin Dexterity game. So that's pretty cool. And congratulations to those guys. So what I asked was people's favorite Dexterity game other than high school. So Got a, got a bunch of different answers, actually. Um, some classics, some new ones. So Nico says Polarity, Tumbling Dice in here from Mike, which uh, always saves us a little bit of money at the Eagle Griffin booth. So we like Tumbling Dice, <laughs> <Woo -hoo>! too. <laughs> I rolled an 18, uh, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Bill says Crokinole. Crokinole's great. Although Clask is quickly becoming a close second. Uh -huh. um, Elena also mentions Clask. So Clask is one of those ones that I haven't actually played. I see it in Target all the time, but I know a lot of people, they did call it out this time. So I have to make sure I track that down at some point. Um, Brian mentioned Pitch Car. Uh, a couple mentions of Animal Upon Animal in here, as well as Terror and Meeple City. 
And then one of my favorites, um, Alice says, click, clack, lumberjack. Nice. Uh, that's, that's always fun, especially if you have a golden axe. And then Brad mentions a game we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, it's brand new. It's not even fully released yet. Flip ships. So Cult of the New represented here. Wow. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. I'll probably be reviewing it in here in a week or two. But that's a brand, brand new one that came out from Renegade. But yeah, uh, lots of different dexterity games people are, are uh, enjoying. Um, any particular that stand out for you? Well, I'm a fan of the new edition of Catacombs. I think that's a pretty neat idea to kind of do a dungeon crawl with dexterity. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, that's one I'd, I wish it was available anywhere. I would definitely pick that up. Sure. Um, for me, uh, I, I'm a big fan of the pretzel games releases lately. And oh, sure. Junk, junk Art tends to be the one that comes out more often and has a lot of different fun ways to play. So that's that's probably my favorite at the moment. You know, when it comes to dexterity games, one of the reasons why you want to go to a con is because of those dexterity games. Yeah. Because they have those super large size versions and you just, it's overwhelming. And then when you actually purchase the game, it's a little, little tiny game. And you're like, oh. <laughs> and it's so much harder. Yeah. Yeah. My son, my son hung out at the uh, pretzel games booth for like half an hour just playing with the giant junk art. Sure. He's like, this is way easier. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's much bigger. Yeah. Uh, Don't forget, uh, Flick 'em Up was there too. Oh, yeah, which apparently they're going to be selling that yeah. giant version. If you've been to a con and seen the giant flick them up, they're going to be selling that in a case for da 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 way too much money. Yeah. So. <laughs> way, way too much money. Very nice, but way too much money. But definitely, if you're going to a con, check out those super large dexterity games. Even if you're not a big fan of them, they're really a lot of fun. They're they're pretty you know substantial as far as the size and the gameplay goes with that all wrapped up in our origins 2017 behind us let's talk about all of the things that we want to get that are upcoming so anthony what's your acquisition disorder for this week all right uh so this is a game that uh, i don't know what it is about libraries i'm not a librarian i never wanted to be a librarian but there's something kind of fun and magical about them sure so board games about libraries and there aren't that many of them surprisingly you'd think there'd be more um, are always very intriguing to me. So there's a new one coming from Renegade called Ex Libris. Um, and it's a little bit of a fantasy library for whatever reason. And in the game, what you're trying to do is acquire more impressive books than other librarians who are also trying to impress the grand librarian or become the grand librarian. I guess they're trying to impress the people who will select that grand librarian. And so that involves uh, worker placement and card drafting and going out and finding these different books through these various actions, of course, on the board and collecting sets so that you can have the better library in the end of the game. So uh, mechanically, I don't know too much about it. I haven't they didn't have it for demo there. I know it's coming up pretty soon. They'll have it probably at Gen Con, at least for demo. But thematically, it looks really, really cute and fun. It's got these little gnome wizard meeples and the artwork of course, because this Renegade looks fantastic. So it's definitely one I'll track down, at least get a play of. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, I really like this theme. And like you said, it's it's shocking that we don't see more games like this. Maybe Biblios? That might be the closest thing I can think of off of the top of my head. But otherwise, really, really interested in this game. So I'm looking forward to this coming out pretty soon. The game that I'm looking forward to is Betrayal at Boulder's Gate. Now, probably many of you are a Betrayal fan already so you already have the classic game and maybe you picked up the recent expansion that came along with it but this is kind of a retheming so just like betrayal at house on the hill this game is going to be about a number of investigators 
checking out a very haunted type of situation. They're all going in together as a co-op game, and something is going to happen, and there's going to be a betrayer. So you're going to check the book and see what haunt, and I'm not sure if this is going to still be categorized as a haunt. I'm sure it's going to have some D&D kind of twist to it, enchantment or possession of the person or transformation of the person, depending on this particular scenario. They're going to go all evil and start attacking the, the party. Hopefully before that point, you've collected enough relics, items, weapons, and put together a strategy to take down your once friend. And, you know, it's betrayal. So our friend Daniel is actually a huge betrayal fan. I'm a little bit less so, particularly because the game and the components are a little sketchy, but the imagination and the complexity and the mechanics that go into actually having these betrayals kind of pop off and what they do and the fact that they're all so inventive and and so individualized is something that while you probably will have to drag me to the table to get this, once I'm actually at the table... I typically enjoy this game, and, you know, being an old-school D&D fan, this would probably be my game of choice between this and the, the old-fashioned Betrayal. How about you, Anthony? I don't know, man. I really don't like Betrayal very yeah. much. So I, I don't know if this is something that I'm, I'm going to get into. I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to switch it over to an app, sure. which it should be, and I think that would make the game much, much better. And at the moment, that doesn't seem to be the case. And it's the same publisher, so it might get the same cheap components. I don't know. I'm going to hold reserve judgment. I like the theme much better. Sure. Uh, but if it's the same, if it's the exact same mechanics and they don't really clean it up much, I, I can't see myself enjoying this. Yeah, I'm hoping that the mechanics get cleaned up a little bit because when they released the expansion for Betrayal, there really wasn't anything new to it. It wasn't new artwork. It didn't transform the game. So... I'm hoping here there's a somewhat of a transformation, but maybe, like you said, maybe it's quite the opposite. Maybe it'll stay the generic betrayal with just a new theme slacked on to it. So I'm looking forward to seeing this hitting the table, and uh, if it does something a little different, that would be great. All right, so that's everything that's in our acquisition disorders. Now to our At the Table with BGA. Anthony, what are you playing this week? All right, so this is a game that has been pretty hot lately, and I think it kind of came out of nowhere for a couple of reasons. Um, first, it does it's not much to look at. You see it on the table. It's got this tiny little board. Uh, it's got the exact same artwork and all the different character cards. Uh, it's just, it just looks like it might not be that interesting. But Ethnos from Simon is actually quite interesting because it manages to take a mechanic that's generally kind of clunky and overly complicated and simplify it to the point where you can almost legitimately call this a gateway game. And there are not a lot of gateway games that fit this niche. So it's very interesting for that reason. So how does Ethnos play? There are 12 different races, each of them with 12 cards, um, except one has 24 cards. And what you're going to do is you're going to pick six of these, and there's a deck that helps you do that at random, and you will build a deck for the game. So you're only going to play six in any single game, so you get variability game to game, which is cool. And on every player's turn, they're going to take a card from the face-up pool in the middle of the table or draw one off the top of the deck or play a set of cards down in front of them. When they play a set, when they call it a band, all the cards in that set need to be either the same color, because uh, all, all the cards are color-coded, or the same race. Um, with a couple of exceptions, there are some special cards that let you break those rules. 
but generally those are the rules. The larger your band is, the more points it's worth at the end of the age. So if you play just one card just to get one out there, that's worth zero points. But if you play six cards, it's worth 15. And when you do that, the card that's on top of the band, which is called the leader of the band, you get to do the text on their card. And every single one of these has a special power. Some of them let you draw extra cards. Some of them let you collect a different set. Uh, some of them let you move up on a separate board. Some of them give you points right away. It really depends on you know which races are in the game. And then based on the color of that card, you place one of your tokens on one of the six different areas on the board. And the goal is to have majority in those different areas so that you can score uh, based on the different scoring tokens that are put out there. And those are randomized at the beginning of the game. So you go around and around the table until the deck runs out. The deck won't necessarily run out completely. There are three dragon cards shuffled into the bottom. When those all show up, age is over. Uh, you do this three times, and you score each of those three times. And at the end of the game, you see who is ahead, and that's it. That's the game. It takes about 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, plays between two and six players. Takes the same amount of time with two or six players. And it is relatively simple to teach. Everything I just told you is pretty much everything I tell people when I'm teaching the game. Um, with a couple of ex you know, maybe examples. And it for the most part, people pick it up pretty quickly. There are a couple wonky rules that sometimes trip people up. Um, when you play down your band, you have to discard every other card in your hand. People sometimes forget to do that, which can be a problem. Uh, the scoring on each of these regions is a little different. Uh, there are three different tiles out for scoring, but you're only going to score one tile the first age, two tiles the second age, and then all three tiles in the third age. But... Other than those three, th those two things, it's pretty simple game, and yet it has a lot of interesting, cool things that you can do. And because of those different race powers, it's it's always a little bit different. And it makes it, I, I can see them expanding this and adding more races in the future. They already have one promo race out there. Um, so, Ethnos is a great, quick, um, you know, fantasy theme is a little tacked on, but it doesn't bother me as much as some people um, have noted. And it's it's a game that fits a much, you know, it's a gap I didn't realize I had in my collection for a gateway style of game in this niche. Um, and I, I really like it. I think it, it does so many things really well. And unlike other CMON games, it's only $40. So it's actually affordable <laughs> as, a, as a gateway game. So I'm giving this one a buy. It's definitely worth picking up. Ignore the people complaining about artwork or components. It doesn't need all that stuff. It's a very straightforward game and i think for what it is it does everything very well um you know miniatures or a giant board or a mat would have been way too much overkill for this game and i'm glad they went the way they did so that's ethnos um that's a it's a pretty solid buy for me if you can find a copy because at the moment it's, it's pretty hard to find yeah there's been a lot of talk about this game not being as elaborately produced as more as most of the simon games but as you said, the mechanics are really what matters here. And I love the fact that Simon came out with this game and is making a more concerted push into Euro games because typically they're kind of like left off on the edge or maybe they pop up on Essen and it takes a while to get them over here. So having Simon as a major publisher is is really great and it's it's nice. And there's a lot of variability in this game too. So I think this game will keep hitting the table multiple times. The theme, as you said, is a little thin as far as does it really play out, but the gameplay is so high quality that I think we're looking at a game that get regular rotation. Yeah, I mean, the theme could have been literally anything. It could have been in space. It could have been the Wild West. It could be anything. I'm kind of glad they went with the fantasy, the fantasy route, even if it is kind of traditional 
uh, fantasy races. Uh, and like I said, like it's priced where it should be, which is nice for a Simon game. And it's, you know, hopefully will be available soon. I think this is a game that's going to do really well long term um, because so of where it's at. So it's good to see. Yeah. So I got a chance and Anthony got a chance at Origins recently to play Lisboa. This is a game by Vital Lacerda from Eagle Griffin Games. And this game, which recently backed on Kickstarter and will be getting out to their Kickstarter backers pretty soon, is about the reconstruction of Lisboa during the earthquake of 1755. And wasn't just an earthquake, but they also had a tsunami and three days of fire. So this city was completely, totally destroyed and in ruins. And I'm telling you this because obviously theme is important as far as trying to help direct and guide you making decisions and uh, Anthony and I had a, a great opportunity to um, talk to Vital at the game, and he was really kind of giving us a real feel for what this game was trying to portray and how the actions actually do make sense and how they follow, because I think that's really important, especially with this game, because I think it took us at least three hours, if not longer, to play this game. You want to feel the theme. You want to be able to take the correct actions to, you know, accomplish a goal and feel that you accomplish something with the game. So basically you are going to help reconstruct a city and you're going to schedule hearings to get character favors, such as commerce, constructions, and openings. There are buildings that are in play here and you'll be removing rubble on the town streets, which is once again, very, very thematic. Uh, players need to manage influence, construction licenses, store permits, there's a church track, which kind of influences gameplay and gives you special powers. Uh, you know, there's issues dealing with the workers and the money. But in general, what you're looking at, because this is a obviously a very heavy game, looking at probably on a, a weight of a four out of five. But it's not really a complex, complicated game. Basically, you start with a hand of cards. You're going to play one of these cards. And typically, the cards you're looking at are going to match the nobles and royalty on the board. So there are three of those. So if you play a card, you will be able to use the special abilities that are under the royalty nobility there. If it's another, a different card, then you will follow those rules. So basically it's a card driven game in order to utilize actions. Now you're going to pay cost based upon influence and that's marked off by meeples on the map. You, there's an influence track. There's a market track that determines how much influence and how much money is added in addition to the things that you're doing. As I said earlier, there's a church track, which will give you special abilities. You will be building buildings in the city, picking up rubble. And depending on where you build, because of the rubble there, it's going to be an extra cost. Once again, being very thematic, there are public buildings that will then score those buildings. And what's really interesting here, as Vital told us, you know, Part of helping the city is putting the people to work in these public buildings. So that's going to score you a lot of points, and that's really going to kind of ramp the game up. Now there's also ships and commerce, which you'll be able to, to sell some of your resources as the town kind of gets up and going. And in the, finally, there's also decree cards. So there are these royal decree cards that will score you victory points at the end of the game. So being a victory point game or a wig game in this case more of those decree cards kind of kind of focus your strategy towards the end. It's a beautiful game offering a lot of different choices and complexity and a lot of interesting mechanics. Like, for example, 
when someone plays a card, if you have a special token that matches the nobility there, you'll be able to actually do that action. You can follow that person kind of like in San Juan. So a uh, really outstanding game, heavy, complex, crunchy in the best way possible, but in no way overwhelming, in no way did I ever feel like ape, I was kind of like crushed down with AP. Once I got that first turn through and I saw how things kind of moved, I was streamlined towards the end. So this game is a buy. It's a quite expensive game. So I would recommend trying to either get a demo or get a play of this at game night to see if this game is for you. But if you are into heavy, crunchy Euros, you would be hard-pressed to find a game that was as streamlined and as accessible as Lisboa. Yeah, it was really, really impressive. you know. And I backed this a while back, so I kind of went in on it before having a chance to play it. So playing it, obviously, with my fingers crossed a little bit. But having played some of Lacerda's other games, I, I knew at least a little bit of what I was getting in for. Highly thematic, very deep complicated euro and I, I just love how he weaves the the basic ideas and themes of what the game is about into the game it's something that not a lot of re- euro designers do and they get slack for you know people give them grief for it a little bit uh, it's just it's so unique and interesting and it's just the production quality is so high this is a really really fun experience and I, i'm really excited for mine to show up <laughs> in august i guess and hopefully someone you know nearby you know, was at Origins and managed to pick up a copy and I could play it between now and then because it's it's definitely one I want to get to the table again. All right. So for our feature review, we are talking about BGG, Board Games Geeks, Origins Hotness Review. So you know that each and every month at the start of the month, we like to talk about the hottest games that are out there, the cult of the new, what games you might be taking a look at and seeing if those games are really good and why are they actually on the hotness? Sometimes those games are pretty odd, but I think these games make a lot more sense and especially since it's recently just coming from Origins, we probably got a chance to play some of these or seen some of these or actually talk to people. And Anthony, what do you think about this Origins hotness list? Are you pretty happy about this collection this week? Yeah. So what I did is I went through the BGG hotness as well as the list that they ran at Origins, which they do every time they're at a convention, and pulled out anything that was new or debuting or demoing there because there are lots of games that came out recently that we don't necessarily you know, they were hot and people weren't playing them. We saw a lot of Scythe, for example. Great game, but it's been out for a year. And so these are all new. These are the games we're going to talk about today are all the ones that either you could pick up or play in some form at Origins. So anybody who went there had a chance to at least see or put their hands on these games. And so these are the ones that we feel like people are going to be talking about for the next two months. All right, Anthony. So why don't you start us off? All right, so the hottest of hotness uh, going into Origins, and this, I think, released everywhere the same day, so you could have gotten this anywhere. You didn't have to be at Origins, but that was Century Spice Road. Um, this is the so-called Splendor Killer, as people keep saying. And it is, it's very similar to Splendor. You are collecting resources and then turning them in for specific cards in an attempt to you know, get the most victory points. The version of Origins came with a, a playmat, if you wanted to purchase that as well. Um, they have a limited number of copies. I think they sold out on Friday. Uh, but it, it was very hot. We saw people, a lot of people playing it all over the place. I did pick up a copy, so we also had a chance to play it. And um, review will be incoming, but it's it's definitely a hot game right now. And I think it's sold out in a lot of places. So it'll be interesting to see how it kind of continues, if it is actually a Splendor Killer. Okay, so next up? Lisboa, which we just talked about. Woo-hoo! It's fantastic. <laughs> it's by far the heaviest game on this list. And if by you want to hear more, go back a minute. And there you go. 
Yeah, if you skipped all the way to this because you didn't want to listen to the reviews, go back and listen to the review. <laughs> Lisboa was awesome. Vital was there. It was amazing. All right, next up. Sword and Sorcery. Uh, this was kickstarted about a year ago. It's a new dungeon crawl from uh, Ares Games. And uh, didn't get a, hand, a chance to be hands-on with this game, but did sit in on a demo for not quite an hour. So got a good feel for the game. It's, it's a unique take on Dungeon Crawls, has a lot of interesting components. There's a lot in this box. So I think this is one that, um, while it won't be a mega seller and you won't see it everywhere, especially in the year of Gloomhaven, I think that it does have enough uniqueness to it to carve out a space for itself. Very nice. All right. How about our next one? All right. Spoils of War is the newest game from Arcane Wonders. So, you know, you're getting something with cute, fantastic artwork and a relatively light approach. The game itself is basically Liar's Dice with uh, some player powers and some theme tacked onto it, which is great because I like Liar's Dice, but it's, you know, a little samey and there's not much going on there beyond just rolling some dice. So it's interesting to see all the extra stuff that's put in here. And, uh, you know, I think it's one that could do well. I don't know if it's going to be up there with Sheriff of Nottingham or not, but it has a lot of the same elements of that game. Sure. Okay, next. Attack on Titan, The Last Stand. Uh, So (laughs) this is a Cryptozoic. You probably, if you've walked by Cryptozoic's booth in the last two years, you might have seen uh, one of the Titans from this game um, erected in cardboard and people climbing their way up. But that's this game. Uh, and it is, I think they had a very limited number. So if you got there super early, any of the days you could pick up a copy, but everybody else just got to watch the demos. Uh, if you like attack on Titan, this looks fantastic. If you've never heard of attack on Titan, you're probably wondering why there's a giant (laughs) naked creature with half its skin missing sitting in the middle of the table. You'll never understand if you don't watch the show, (laughs) but, uh, I am excited to pick this one up. And even if you watch the show, you may not understand it either. (laughs) That's true. That's fair enough. (laughs) All right. What's up next? Word slam. Slam. Okay. Um, this was nominated for the uh, Spiel des Jahres. It is a word game with hundreds of cards sprayed across the table. Yep. Uh, didn't actually get a chance to play this because I, I think they sold out pretty quickly, but I know they were playing it right behind us mm-hmm. at one of the uh, the events we went to uh, on Thursday night. And everybody seemed to be very enamored with it. Yeah, I got to play it. It's, it's kind of mind-boggling. It's kind of like code names as far as having the code the cards out on a tableau it is a ridiculous number of cards and you're trying to get everyone to guess one word but so is the other team so you both have the same word you're both grabbing for clues you're kind of setting them up on a plastic stand and then whichever team gets it first wins but you're giving clues by shouting things out so it's a little bit challenging some words are pretty easy and simple and some words are super complex based upon the words you have in front of you so it was a big interesting party game so people liked it all right so what's up next anthony flatline so this actually released a little bit before origins but it was very hot at the renegade booth it is basically if you played fuse this is what happens afterwards when you have to save the lives of those people okay so it's <laughs> it's more of a medical take on it. it's a bigger a bit bigger of a box it's a little more complicated a little more things going on but the same idea you have a limited amount of time you use the app and you have to accomplish certain things in the game in that time so if you like those very stressful time-based games this is fantastic if you don't Avoid it. So. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, speaking about stressful games, what's our next pick, Anthony? Yeah. <laughs> this is Flip Ships, also from Renegade Games. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned this earlier as one of the dexterity games that people are taking a look at. Uh, they had preview copies at Origins for sale. 
and you are flipping a little disc off of a wooden tower across the table and trying to take out these ships. There are different special powers, different things you can do, but in the end, it's a dexterity game. You need to be able to flick it at a thing you're aiming at. It's rather difficult and at times quite frustrating, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah, out of every Origin booth there, I felt probably worse for the people at the Renegades booth because they were trying their best to get those ships to land perfectly and they were <laughs> missing the entire time and it was it was heartbreaking. It's hard to demo if you can't show people what you're supposed to do. <laughs> it's true. All right. Unearth. This okay. is the new game from Brotherwise Games. Uh, they have a new game. It's Woo-hoo! not it's not Boss Monster. It's, it, but hold on a second. Is it Boss Monster? It's not. <laughs> is it a Boss Monster expansion? No. <laughs> is it a Boss Monster app? It's not. <laughs> then what it's is not it even doing kickstarted. There? <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't even know this existed. Somebody missed it, it on happen? the preview list. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so they were demoing this the whole time. I think they have more tables set up for this than they did for Boss Monster. And it's releasing at Gen Con. I think you can pre-order it now. But the, the bottom line is it's 45 minutes to an hour. It's relatively light in weight. It has similar mechanics to uh, Smash Up in that you're trying to control different or take control of different locations that are out there. But it also adds a couple of cool elements. You're rolling dice to get control. If you roll low on your dice, you can take these stones and build sets with them and build wonders with those sets that you build. I really enjoyed this quite a bit and should have a review up for you guys in the next week or two. But yeah, take a look for this. It's pretty low cost. I think it's 30 or $35. Um, so you know what kind of weight you're getting there. But I think this will probably be a pretty big release at Gen Con. I think people are going to be buzzing about this one. Okay. Here's another one I kickstarted, if you <laughs> sense the theme here. <laughs> um 878 Vikings. This is the uh, Birth of Europe series. It's based on the Birth of America series, but adds a couple of new mechanics to it, including miniatures, because we all knew it needed miniatures. Uh, This is about the Viking uh, invasion of uh, England in 878. And they had, I think, maybe a dozen copies out for people to play. And they had so you could see the finished copy of the game. And it's, you know, the same basic mechanics with a bunch of new tweaks and fun twists to it. So I'm pretty excited for this one. Yeah, Academy does a great job here. And despite the fact that it looks like a phone number, it's <laughs> really doing a good job to kind of bring more modern mechanics to these kind of games. So I'm really excited about that. All right, Anthony, what do you got up next for us? This is the big, big summer release for Simon, the godfather of Corleone's Empire. This was not kickstarted, so I think a lot of people oh. don't realize it's coming out. It's coming out in like three weeks. The world so, is upside down, my friend. Origins I, yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> I'm very confused. So it is a highly thematic, miniature-based Eric Lane game. Um, all those things make sense mm-hmm. uh, from Simon. It is releasing, however, outside of Kickstarter in the end of July, I think. And if you have a friendly local game store that pre-ordered it, I think they get it two weeks early. So keep an eye out for that. By all accounts, it's fantastic. We did not actually get a chance to sit down with this, unfortunately, but we did spend some time at the, at the table. We talked about it. We saw some people playing it, and um, it doesn't look quite as backstabby as I was afraid it could be, which is good because it's it needs to be a little Euro-y with all those miniatures and the, and the worker placement elements. But sure. um, but yeah, like a good thematic game of The Godfather? Yes, please, finally. <laughs> there you go. All right, Anthony, what what's up here? Another Codenames game? Yeah, who knew? It's summer and there's a Codenames game. Um, I completely wrote this game off, uh, well, as soon as I heard it existed. And it was really hot at Origins. Not surprising. I mean, Codenames is huge. 
But apparently they've done a lot to make this a legitimate, well-made, engaging two-player experience. I think it was number one on BGG's um, ranking at the show as when people were ranking the games. They had a whole bunch of copies over in the um, CGE play area. They had a copy of their booth. They were not selling any of these, but you could certainly sit down and play it. And it will be a huge release for them at Gen Con, of course. So keep an eye out for that. It is coming real soon. Okay. And uh, I guess this next one must be a misspelling here. Baron Park? Baron Park. There you go. <laughs> you got. You need the umlaut. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, got in a, I got it in my pocket here. Hold on a second. <laughs> you got to love that Mayfair left the German spelling of this in. It's, I think it's my favorite part of the game. I like this game a lot. I just love that it says Baron Park on the cover. This is a tile lane game where you are building a bear park. <laughs> very simple we we sat down and played it i taught the rules in like what two minutes yeah it's um but despite it being that simple you do have a little bit of control over where you place your tiles uh, there's different tiles and pieces you can pull there's kind of a drafting element to it there's a bit of a race to get certain achievements so there's a little bit of strategy mixed in for a game that's with this light mm-hmm. um and as far as tile lane games go i think it does a good job and it was pretty hot uh, i know mayfair had a lot of copies and they sold a lot of copies next the Lost Expedition, uh, this just released, I think, today, everywhere else, but they had it at Origins, and it is a game about going into the Amazon jungle to find the lost city of Z. I read a book on this very topic several years ago. I've been enamored with the topic ever since, so it was all about this game. Um, it is very cool. It's by Osprey Publishing, and it has these giant cards. You're laying them out. You're building this tableau and trying to basically a co-op game where you're trying not to die as you go along the way to the, to the lost city but it comes with several different ways to play the game you can play it solo you can play it co-op you can play it um, against each other and um, i think it's gonna be pretty hot as well i, I thematically i don't know how many people um, know the theme or be engaged with it as i am so we'll see how it does but thus far that the buzz is good all right and our final game arena for the gods so this is yellow's new release and by all accounts, the best way to describe it is King of Tokyo with only fighting. You're basically, you're in an arena, you're gladiators, and you will, there's an auction phase in which you're bidding for equipment and mounts and weapons and the like. Um, you use your life points to bid, which is an interesting take, and then you fight each other. And that's it. <laughs> when one person dies, the game is over, and whoever has the most life points left wins. Very, very quick. Very, very in your face. Lots of fighting. So if you if you don't like the heavy fighting nature of king of tokyo or king of new york uh not this game for you but if you do and you want only that um, by all accounts this is one to check out all right so that's bgg's origins hotness for 2017 hopefully you get a chance to check out these games really soon and if not listen to our upcoming reviews we publish every week so we'll be getting a lot of these games to the table and onto the podcast all right so that's everything for this week This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And until next time, we'll save you a seat at the table.